You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You have to say, I want those Barbie shoes right now while inhaling and see if you could run out of breath before you'd said it. Okay, show now, me an example. It's easy because I'm an adult and I have larger lungs, but okay. as a kid, it was really hard. Wait, I, was I don't like, get I it. Want those Barbie right now. Like I that. I want those Barbie shoes right now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. That w- you made it look easy. Yeah. But, I was. Uh, but, you're, <laughs> but you weren't eight. So, well, you're 39 and it looked like you struggled. Well, my voice cracked and then I tried Try to just again. run with Try it. Try again. Try it in. <clears throat> <clears throat> Go. I want those Barbie right now. <laughs> See, it's not as easy as you think. You're listening to the Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Couple things this week. First, let's. I was afraid. Let's do I love you and you're annoying because I have one. It's kind of bugging me. Give her. Um, It's so small, but it's like actually annoying. So um, when you wash out the kids' lunches, you, for whatever reason, will not wash those little toothpicks. You always leave them out. You're like, you know what? I'll wash everything, but fuck these toothpicks. Like, you know, Cooper's little, um, like, they're small little plastic toothpicks. You never wash them. You just leave them out there. And you're like, someone will do it, which is me. So that's annoying. What I'm hearing is... uh what are you laughing at? You're annoying. Actually? That's annoying. No, what I'm hearing is an opportunity for you to acknowledge that I clean out the... Why would I do that? That's part of your role as a parent. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't need to do that because you don't thank me for cleaning There the were lunches. many episodes early on in our careers here where this was your problem. And what? I just want you to know that that's been fixed. Well, it's not, it's not really fixed. It's like you were like, you know what? You're right. I have to step up in this role because we share these parenting tasks. So I don't need to acknowledge you for something that you should do anyways, because I do that and I don't need acknowledgement What do I need to wash you? a toothpick for? Just throw them out. They're plastic and reusable. Yeah. Well, and there's little diggers on them. Okay. 
anyways, or you could just like accept it and be like, you know what? You're right. I don't fucking do that. Yeah. Can you just be mindful of that? I'll be I, mindful I, I, of that. I always yeah, wash them. I definitely, them. I know for a fact, I just kind of put them to the yeah, side. Yeah, you do. You just yeah. leave them on the counter. <sighs> yeah. That's, that's mine. That, that makes sense. Like I do 90% of the job. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like great, a but lot. also like. A lot. What? It's a lot. Okay. But you only make the lunches two days a week. Brittany, and you, I only make make them the, three. you only make the lunches two days a week. I make the lunches three days a Wednesday week. Wednesday's a pizza day. So I just say, here's your pizza. You get nothing else. Fuck you. No, they have more than just pizza. This, they're not us when we were young. If it was pizza day, that's all we got. You throw snacks in on Wednesday. And vegetables and fruit. I still make their lunches. You don't make them. Okay, it comes from fine. You can have Wednesdays then. You can have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Perfect. Since you don't have to make them, you might as well. That <laughs> <laughs> backfired a little bit, but... Uh... I'm just saying, like, we make, we make, make lunches two days of the week each. No, like make, we make, make them three. And then on Fridays, you never clean up the lunch and I always do it. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> oh. Okay. Anyway. It makes sense that you do it on, makes it sense was, that you do it on Friday because you have to make the lunch on Monday. Yeah, correct. So if you didn't do it on Friday, mm. you'd have like mold on right. Monday. Yeah. What? <laughs> If I had Monday, I would probably do oh Friday. Oh, my God. Anyways, yeah. it, it's just about the toothpicks. I'd love if you could just be mindful of that. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. I, if you don't have one, I do want to talk about something. And I want to apologize for something unless you well, have. Well, I, I have something, but I have a feeling that this is what you're about to apologize for. So you're going to wait. Enchanté. <laughs> do you even know what that means? This is you. Enchanté? Yeah. No, I don't. Not I really. feel like we've had this conversation. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> like, really I feel like me. we've had this conversation before where it's like, enchanté, but oh, we actually don't know oh, what it I means. think it's like, after, after you. After you, like, enchanté. as you please. We have no idea. Come okay. as you are. So this morning. What does it mean? Do you know what it means, Jake? Enchanté. We, we should look it up. We will. We should. Um, while I'm telling the story, Jake, can you look up what enchanté means? <laughs> it's going to be like uh, the artist that did a con or a song with Ja Rule. Yeah. Enchanté. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. This morning you had come in from your walk and I was sitting down having my coffee and reading and you presented this idea, um, this business idea for me, to me. And my apology needs to come from the fact that my immediate response was a negative. It wasn't a encouraging statement. I could have been supporter. You were supportive. You said, hey, I think this would be a really cool idea. Then proceeded to talk about it. My response came from um, me noticing or me projecting that I will no longer like I'm going to have less of you. So my instant response to be like, well, I don't think that like that might not work. Like it was it went to a negative came from a place of me being like, I already see so little of you with all of your business ventures. The, the idea of you doing something else is like not super appealing to me. So although I feel like, I mean, a hundred percent, I could have been like, you know what? That sounds like a really cool idea. And I'm feeling a little apprehensive because we're already doing so much. That's definitely what I should have said. But what had come out because my emotions were there were something negative, just being like, I don't think that will work. And so I apologize for that because that's not how I'm feeling. And as you were speaking to me about it, it is a really interesting idea. I just think that we have so much going on right now. And the thought of you taking on something else means your time is being pulled further away from me, further away from the kids. And that I don't like. So I apologize for my initial reaction. 
that's just probably where it was coming from. This is my I love you and you're annoying. I figure. <laughs> yeah. Because we talk about it's not often what you say, but how you say it mm-hmm. and in the order in which you say it. Instead of saying what you said was, well, you haven't done any research on this. And who's, who's to say that that doesn't already exist? It was all like, whoa, 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 whoa. Instead of saying, that's a really good idea. Have you done any research to see if it already exists or what the market is or anything along those right. lines? Because everything that you were saying was valid. It was the order in which you said it sure. that I was like, fuck you. I'm yeah. not going to bring this shit up with you anymore. And <laughs> and this one conversation that made you be like, no, well, no, you. no. Because this is my I love you and, and you're annoying. We are not the same people. And this is a good thing in a marriage. I am like crazy optimistic and you are the opposite. I will look at the opportunity for what it could be and you will look at the opportunity for what it won't be. And that's how we play this game. It's like, hey, here's what we should do. I don't think so. Someone asks me, hey, Ryan, can we do this? Or should we do this on the weekend? I'm like, yeah, we should do that on the weekend. And you're like, no. Well, And then you'll sit back and you'll be like, well, let me look at my calendar. I'm like, yeah, let me see if I can make it work in my calendar. You're like, no, let me check my calendar and get back to you. You're a no first. I'm a yes first. This is who we are. But I'm telling you, as someone who I come to you because you're a safe place for me to bounce things off of, you're no longer a safe place for me to bounce things off of if your first immediate reaction is fuck you. Right. So I'm hearing what you're saying right now. And what you're saying is my immediate reaction was I'm not going to have enough of you. The kids aren't going to have enough of you. You're already stretched, paper thin. Your bandwidth is zero. And this is going to add to and that. And subsequently, that makes my bandwidth zero. Right. So I get where you're where you're positioning yourself in that conversation, but that's not the conversation we had. So I do agree with you. That's why I said, like, I could have for sure worded it differently. I could have started with something supportive and then went into my, you know, let's maybe look into this. I absolutely agree. I don't necessarily, I think we've had this conversation before about like, yes, man, no woman. And when you first brought that up to me, I, I consciously was so aware that I was doing that to the point where I made a solid effort not to do that. I think that where how I see things is you are 100% like, yes, let's do it. You say yes. And then I get frustrated because I'm like, well, well, we can't just commit to that. Like, I would rather be like, let's let's figure it out first and then we can commit. You are like, commit and we'll make it work sometimes at the expense of other people. Like if you say yes to something, then you're like, we'll figure it out, which typically falls on me. Or are like getting like figuring out the plans. You're like, yes, we'll make it work. And then I'm like, okay, well, we have to make sure we have childcare. We have to make sure we do all this. I'm reaching out to the babysitters. Like it, which is why I always say, let's figure it out first before committing. I don't necessarily think that I'm a no person. I just think that I need to have all of my ducks in a row, making sure that we have childcare, making sure that we can get to wherever, wherever we're going in time. You are the type of person that are like, sometimes I think you over overcommit to things like you'll be like, yes, we can go to Wonderland in one day. Yes, we can also go to Sky Zone. Then we'll end off at the drive in like you want to do all of these things. And I'm like, the kids don't have the bandwidth or the emotional capacity to do all of those things. Do you know what I mean? So like I'm I feel like I'm more practical and you're more fantastical. Like you, you really want like, and which makes me sound like a really boring person, but I think I'm more. Makes me sound like Harry Potter. (laughs) 
I just think that you. Kalazoom, whatever. What does he say? That's definitely not Kalazoom. Because boom. Yes. What is he? What's his thing? Um, I don't know. Yeah, Langarium Leviosa or something like that. Langarium Maribosa. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a Harry Fucking Potter movie it. in my life. Nailed it. Anyways, the point of this is I do apologize. Whimsical. I uh, I definitely could have had more support in that conversation. I just was coming from a place of like, we do not have the time or the bandwidth to take on something else. So I'm sorry. My whole thing is, is like, I, I think I've got a pretty good track record of saying we want to do this and then it happening. Mm-hmm. So I understand that there's a, like, we're a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. We have a family, we've got kids. So yes, when I commit to something, it affects you and it affects the kids. And yes, there's a part of you that has to buy into or be enrolled into the possibilities of what it is that I said yes to, because there's a whole ecosystem around me that gets affected by those decisions. And I'm not downplaying those in any way, shape or form. However, I do believe that when I say we're going to do this and it gets done, it gets done. I know, but it's a good, it's a decent track record. I get it. But I feel like sometimes you don't give like, the steps it takes to get things done. I think that aren't, it isn't always as easy as just saying like, yes, it's of a course, commitment. but it starts with an idea and the idea is being shared with you. And that's the, that's the problem that I have is I come to you with an opportunity. I come to you with an idea and I don't need it to go to what are the steps to implement it? I need to go to, does this make sense? Yes. Okay. Does and it so make fair. sense? Is it a good idea? Yes. Now let's dissect it. Let's work our way backwards. But if you, if, if I come to you with an idea and you're like, that's a shite idea, then it's a shite idea. I never said it was a shit idea. I you said, didn't I think say it was more. a good idea. I think there was Until way more like, research I'm to be done. I'm done having this conversation. I said, I think there needs to be more research. Of you said that there's there no other be. company doing this. And I said, I don't think that's true. Of course, there's an, there's way more complexities. <laughs> Jake, are you okay? Way more complexities to start a business, an e-commerce platform and throw it out there and, and just, get, it's not like, hey, I'm just going to go and chat GPT and get a bunch of words and I'm going to go on another AI program. And blah, 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 it's all done. And. Now I'm going to drop ship everything. I'm not suggesting that that's what it is. I'm saying first step, here's the thought that came into my mind. Let's have a conversation about it. Does it make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, Ryan, that's a really good idea. Have you thought about this, 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 and this? No, I have not. I think for me, because we have, we're on the precipice of launching something very big that we've worked on for over a year. I think because there's still so much we need to do before that goes public. The idea of something else taking up, which would be a whole business on its own, is like ridiculous to me right now. I'm like, why would we? We don't have the energy to do that. So I'm like, so my first reaction is to be like, what? Like, let us make sure that we have all of this together before we move on to that. And I don't we don't need to talk about this like for the whole episode. I apologize because you're right. I should have been more supportive in my first sentence. And we don't have the time to do that right now. Granted. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. 
Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks? What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from. Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit goodvibeswithansjuice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with Good Vibes Juice. Perfect. Granted. All I needed to hear was, yeah, I think that's a great fucking idea. Let's it is, do that for a later. year from now. For later. And I would have been like, a year from now. No problem. <laughs> you would have. Your memory's so stupid like no that. Problem. No okay, problem. Okay, so today we dropped off Cooper um, at school. And they have this little outdoor space where um, they get to play outside for the first hour. And so, Cooper, we just happened la- yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? We just so happened to be talking to somebody. So we were waiting out way longer than excuse me, we usually are. And so when he came outside, he was so stoked to see us. We were like, hey. So today when we dropped him off, he was like, dad, can you wait again? Like, I want to see you. So we're like, sure. (laughs) We're in the van waiting, not in a parking spot. We're just like in the middle of the road. And Cooper's class isn't out yet. So we're just in a van tinted windows staring at other people's children okay the window was was down they could see my face it was really awkward i'm like we gotta move we gotta move so we're like let's give it one more minute and so we waited a significant amount of time finally he comes out we're like yes he's coming out fucking doesn't remember doesn't remember ryan was like he's gonna be so crushed if we leave like we have to stay we made a commitment comes out doesn't give a fuck he's like playing around we're like cooper (laughs) he's no idea he's like oh hey I'm like, in my mind, cool. in my mind, I just kept seeing, and you see this on TV commercials and TV shows all the Where time. Where are they? The kid comes out to I go know. play basketball or some sport and he looks out into the, into the crowd to see his parents and his and parents aren't there. there. The empty chairs that are sitting there for them that he or she reserved for their parents. <laughs> it's crushing. And in my head, our five-year-old son had it that when he came out of the, out of that uh, classroom mm-hmm. and went outside, 
we would be front and center. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want him to come outside and not see the van. Right. And so we waited in a very creepy way. Yep. And he did come out and he did not remember that we were waiting there, which is fine. But imagine he did and we weren't there. Yes. And I would have thought all day long, I would have thought he came out and was I know, I know, I know why I would have, I would have apologized at the end of the day and he would have been like, what are you talking about? But I didn't want to be that guy. I know. So I waited way longer than we needed to. And I was a little crushed. And here's the thing. This is why being a parent is so difficult. This is why it's so difficult. It's like warfare. Lindsay, Mm -hmm. Lindsay was uh, crying the other day when she went and saw us because her little one, Mm -hmm. who's in this first year kindergarten. Would not let her go. Will not let her go. Like he's like a koala bear just holding on to the bamboo tree. And I remember Riley was like that. Riley was was like that. Riley, Riley, we sent her to daycare and the girl called us. Her name was Erica, beautiful woman, lovely, lovely human being, mm-hmm. called me up and said, in my entire year, entire 20 years of doing this, when kids cry, they usually just stop. Yeah. Riley never stopped. Yeah, she cried crying. for like five hours one day. We had to. She, had she to, was like, you need to come. You got to come. You got to come and <laughs> pick like, her up. She's not stopping the crying. And then as so soon as stubborn. I showed up, boom, Riley stopped crying. And I remember the frustration that came with your kid not yeah. wanting to leave. And now that Riley, I, I drop her off and she gets in line. She stays with me and she's so sweet. She's like, I'm like, you want to hang out with your friend? She's like, no. no, I've got all day to hang out with my friends. I want to hang out with you for the next couple of minutes before the bell rings. Like that makes my heart feel so good. But when the bell does ring, she gets in line and doesn't look back. Yeah. Cooper gets in line and doesn't look back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. He looks back with me. Oh, yeah. He's like, I love you better than dad. He. <laughs> That's not, he doesn't say that quietly. He flat out tells people that. I'm just kidding. No, but he does. He, we always have like a, yeah, we do that too. Yeah. And then we do that. But then he, then he just turns and goes. Yeah. Right. right. He doesn't. And so like, there's a part of me that still wishes they, not that they struggle, but that still wishes that they, they had that connection where they wanted to, to be with us. And that's why I said to Lindsay, I'm like, there will come a time just like your, your son, your older son. Cause I remember when her older son first got in, he was the exact same way. There was a time when he didn't want to let you go and now he doesn't care. Yeah. This moment in time, it's, it's painful. Mm -hmm. It's, it's crushing. And like it's, it crushes your soul. And you're going to want it later. But then eventually they're just going to be like later. And Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I'm still here. But that's how I feel about so many things with parenting. And it's like, actually Jake and I just said that stupid saying this morning, like the, the days are long, but the years are short. I want to punch people in the face when they say that, because typically it's when somebody is complaining and they're at their last straw, their wits end, you see the exhaustion in a parent and some older person who longs for those days says to them, like the days are long, but the years are short. And they, they're like, they're coming from a good place. But when you're in the thick of it, that's the last thing you want to hear. You want to be validated in your exhaustion and you're allowed that. And I know that we are going to be those people when we're older and we're going to be like, man, I miss the kids coming out of bed and wanting to sleep with us. I miss them arguing like, can we please sleep with you tonight? Because we struggle with that. Like, we're like, we just want to get some sleep. Mama, and- dad, I want to fuck. And- <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. That's not what we say. You're right. It doesn't happen. No, <laughs> that's not what we say. Stop. That's what Anyways, there, there are going to be times where, Always. where we're going to long for that. And so I struggle sometimes. And so do you, you're like, you know what? I'll sleep with them because- you're like, I, I know that there is going to be coming there. They'll become, wow. Yep. There's going to be a work day, it out, work it out. There's going to be a day where they won't do that. And we're going to be like, holy shit. Like 
the loss. Okay. There was um. I got. There was I gotta, a. I gotta, I tell there you was something. a thing that I saw and I showed this to you and it made you cry. And there was another thing that the other day I saw and I'm like, I am. Oh not yeah, you're not this sending to that to Not me. gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Uh, but now I'm thinking about it. It's making me emotional, so I'm not gonna do it. Um. Oh my there, god, you have to tell me now. There was a guy. I will. I will. But I might break, so we might have to cut it. Mm-mm. Um. So this is this is not a breaker. This is not a breaker. This is just a normal thing. But the guy said. You know, I don't remember, I don't remember my dad growing up as much as I want to remember my dad growing up. He said, but the one thing I do remember about my dad is every night he laid in my bed and talked to me. Right. Wanted to know what was going on in my day. Wanted to know what the best thing that happened, what the worst thing was happened. And now when I think about, cause obviously oh, yeah, his dad's you, no you longer sent here. That to me. I was like, all I remember is that my dad just laid in bed and talked Talk to me. To you, yeah. So every night I lay in bed and I talk to the kids. Now I already did that. Yes. But as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I'm never going to stop doing this. Now here's the thing that like killed me. So this girl, um, is this, can, before you do that, can I read this thing? Remember I told you, read um, it. Remember I, I sent you that one. Like if you're, this like, is your show, read it. No, but it just goes along with the father thing. Yeah. Remember I, I read this to you. I saw this the other day on social media oh, and I was yeah. like, Oh my God. So it said, what if you met your father when he was a child? And then it says, in another universe, I meet my father when he is a child. We play catch in the woods. And as we play, he tells me he isn't allowed to cry. But sometimes the world hurts him and he doesn't know what to do with all that pain. So I give him the shoulder he needs to cry on. And he does. He does until the tears are done. Afterwards, I buy him ice cream and I listen to his laugh, the glowing warm laugh of a child who knows he is safe. I wish someone could have done that for him, be a kind, safe space for the child he used to be. Would it have made a difference? And it was so powerful because our, like our parents grew up in a space where their parents were like, children should be seen, not heard. If you're crying, get over it. Like that type of shit. Like, I think that like our grandparents, that's how they were raised. So like that generational, not trauma, but that generational parenting of like figure it out I don't give a fuck was so powerful in like reading that and like my dad has never been an emotional person and just to like you often forget that your parents were kids right so it was just so like oh my god and there's one about a mom and I was like I can't do this I'm done for the day yeah there's a fine line because I think we've I think to a certain degree we've gone too far on the soft side um, and now this is just a personal opinion for me. I do believe we've gone too far on the soft side, but there's a nice, comfortable medium place where you can enforce authority and, and, uh, respect. Oh, you and, mean like the gentle parenting yeah, and that stuff? Yeah. yeah. And now someone did write us on the gentle parenting side and said, just so you know, like what you guys do is gentle parenting. Okay. Which I thought was so nice and refreshing. She's yeah. like, just because, just because you're being gentle doesn't mean you can't create some sort of consequence for their behavior. Okay. Gentle parenting isn't like, like sunshine rainbows mm-hmm. and lollipops all the time. Everything yeah. is perfect. You are the best. Um, so it was really nice when we had that conversation to have that, uh, that yeah. come back to us. Um, but I will say there is a happy medium in there. I look at my dad and I know my grandfather and I know the life that he lived and he was a great man, but he was not who my father was for me. Right. And even, and knowing my father now more way more now as an adult and Mm -hmm. being able to have these conversations with them and have him open up about these conversations. 
You're absolutely right. And if I could go back in a time machine, I mm-hmm. would definitely go back to when my dad was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I would, from an authoritative uh, adult standpoint, have yeah. a different conversation with him. Well, yeah, like my It'd be dad. amazing. It'd be I, incredible. I never felt like, like my dad was always like very easy to talk to. Like I never had a problem where I just think it's amazing coming from what he was probably raised. He was like, I'm not going to be this father, right? Like I didn't really know my grandfather, but I know that it was just a different time. So for him to have that space because he probably didn't have it and then provide that like openness for his kids is in, it's amazing. There's this, um, I don't know if it's real or if it's just, what do you call it when, uh, when something's not real, but it makes sense like a fable. <laughs> What's know. that called? I think, I think it's like a fable. A fairy tale. I don't know. Anyways, it, whatever you call it, fable, fairy tale, whatever, or if it's real life, there was, uh, there's a very famous thing where they brought two uh, twins in. One was super, super successful and one was uh, homeless. Okay. And they asked, like, you're talking two extremes. They, they were born and raised in the same household. Was this they, like the experiment where they separated them? Not quite, but that was, uh, that's so, that that's was so the three twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a disturbing story. Not only is that a disturbing story, do you know how many how many examples of that exist? Yeah, like wild. they're not the only ones that that happened to. Yeah. There was a massive amount of experience experiments that were done. It to goes twins. back to nature versus nurture. Right. But anyways, this is, it does it. Cause here's what, here's what this study conducted was. They asked the, the gentleman who was wildly successful. Why are you successful? What do you attribute to your success? He said, well, my father was never around when he was around. He was an alcoholic and was very abusive. So I said, I never wanted to be that. Right. They then asked the other brother who was homeless, what do you contribute to your life? He said, well, my father was never home. When he was home, he was abusive and an alcoholic. So it's the only example I had to live. Right. Both of them were a choice. Mm -hmm. One never wanted to be that. And one only knew that to be true. It's wild. And so you look at like the situation you just mentioned about your father, it takes something and we, that's why we, we call people in our lives, in our family, game changers, mm-hmm. people who had an outcome and changed it. And now we have the life that we have today. Mm-hmm. My great grandfather decided that he was going to leave the Ukraine to avoid the Russian revolution. Right. And because of that choice, I'm here today. Mm-hmm. He's a game changer. He looked at his scenario and said, this is fucked up. I'm going to change this because I don't want this for my family. It takes something extraordinary to be that person to be like, I'm just going to do something uniquely different. It's amazing. So let's go back to the thing that choked me up that I was going to send to you. Okay. So it's this video and it's a girl and she's got this, like it's this tattoo and you don't really know what it is. It's on her wrist. And she said, no, it's not the hug. Oh, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. I'll just try to finish the story because you haven't seen it. So (laughs) sorry. Oh I God. thought I was going to be right. Yeah. It's okay. fine. Is it Jamiroquai? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not Thursday either. And it has nothing to do with the number 47. Okay. So Where it's a tattoo you? on her wrist. And she said, people told me never get a tattoo. You'll always regret it. And then she says, but every time I look at my wrist, I think of you. And you realize that it's a fishing lure. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see all of these videos of her with her grandfather fishing. He's taking her out on the little pontoon boat. And then you see him with her, his arm wrapped around her. And there's, she's got like 20, 40, 20, 30, 40 pictures of her and her grandfather mm. uh, fishing together. And then at the very end, you see her release this fish into the water. And you see the that's where the whole connection comes in because you get to see the tattoo again. You realize it's mm-hmm. a fishing lure. It was so emotional to me mm-hmm. because. Probably it's sad music, too. 
of course it was sad music. They they know Kills how to, me every they know time. how to really fuck with your emotions. Yeah. This Instagram thing. Hey Ryan. Yes. You stink. Um. Okay. I stink too. Don't worry. Everyone actually stinks, and it's normal to have body odor. Just in case you needed a reminder. Okay. Thank you for that. But the best part is you don't have to stink. <laughs> Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Stay fresh, everyone. But what, what blew my mind and what like really brought this whole thing to light for me is our parents have always been our parents. So 39 years of age, I've known my parents for 39 years. They'll always be my parents. And at one point in time in their lives, they're not going to be here anymore. And I know this, but I had whatever time plus 39 years with my parents. Our kids don't get that time. They really don't get that time. Mm-hmm. They get a, they get a milli, millisecond of your, of your parents' lives. If you're lucky, mm-hmm. if you're lucky. They get that time with them. And I think about like my grandfather, I lost my grandfather when I was 16 years of age, but my grandfather was always old to mm-hmm. me. He right. was an old man. He was a six, like I, I'm I, at 16. He died at 73. He was not an old man, but because in yeah. my head, he was the grand, my grandfather, he was always old. I never got to know my grandfather the way that my dad did, the way that my mom got to know her parents. And it's just like, when I look at my parents and I look at your parents who are like now coming closer into the seventies, right? Mid sixties to seventies. The time is not what we think it is. Right. Right. We think of it as like, I've had 39 years with them, but our kids, it's going to be literally a blink. I know it's going to be a blink. And the time that you have, it's not supposed to be a setup. So the time that that the kids have with their grandparents is so, so important and often overlooked. Mm -hmm. And we're like you said, like we're pretty grateful because not a lot of people have that opportunity and like, even if they're alive, but then if they are alive, not every grandparent is as involved as our parents are. So Correct. we're very, very grateful. Okay. So I want to actually tell you about this book I'm reading because I think that it would be an interesting conversation because I'm going to ask like if you would do it. So spoiler alert, this isn't for my book club. It's just a book that I was recommended to um, read. So it's called The Last One and it's by um, Will Dean or Dean Will, Will Dean, whatever. Um, so here's the, here's the concept. Okay. And there's a, this is a full spoiler alert. So if you want to read this book, just don't listen to me right now, <laughs> but I just, I want to talk about it so bad. Herb, so Herb, by Herb Dean, by no, it's, I think it's called, it's by Will Dean. Like, yeah. I just want to make sure that, it, yeah, it's well, it's Will Dean. Okay. The last one. So here's the concept. So this woman is going on a cruise. Okay. She's in her late forties, almost 50. Carnival and she, cruise? I want no it's wild it's called the Atlantica oh so it's super trippy because we just booked a cruise and I'm like oh my god this and like they're going through like the muster stations like everything so I was like oh I know all of this anyways so she's going on this cruise we are cruisers (laughs) 
<laughs> she's going on this Veterans. cruise with her um her new partner. Okay, so they don't know each other very long. I think she said it's their thirteenth date. So they go on this cruise. There's like like thousands of people on this cruise. They go to sleep. She wakes up. No one is on the boat. No staff. No no people. Like she's alone, and and it's sailing in the middle of the ocean. And she's like, "What the fuck is happening?" And so she's freaking out at first. I mean, you go through like the regular emotions like, oh, maybe they've docked and I was asleep. Like you're trying to figure out a logical explanation about like where the fuck everybody is. So finally, she she sees um, another person like down in the boiler room. She ends up meeting um, three other people on the boat who also have no idea what the hell is happening. So it's really strange. They're starving. They have food for like the first day and then all of the um, like locked doors that prevent the ship from like sinking or whatever close and all of the food is on those floors and they cannot get to them. So they're in pure survival mode. There's no water like they're freaking out. And then they finally realize because there is a screen and this woman comes on and tells them that they're in a game show. And the whole premise is. Basically, like this show is being streamed. 13th date. It's really fucked up. I guarantee they're not together anymore. She's not with him. Like he's gone. Like it's her and these three other people that she doesn't know. No, I know. But he brought her on this ship. Yeah, but you don't know who's involved in what. You don't know who's involved in what. So I don't trust that guy. They there's a person that comes on and they say to them, like, this is a, a show and there will be one winner at the very end. You'll have four challenges. You each have to do one. At the very end, you'll win $5 million. You can leave at any time. You don't have to do the challenges, but you forfeit your... Where do they go? Like they say, if you want to leave, we'll, we'll, we'll come pick you up. Oh, that, okay. That's what they say. Oh, okay. Okay. And so then they start to do the challenges and the first one is like fine. And then they start to get really dark. Okay. And like life or death dark. And they eventually realize that this show isn't being streamed on like because when the person comes and tells them that it's being like broadcast because there's cameras all over the ship they're like oh what the fuck like because people are voting and it's very much big brother but then they realize that this is like a subscription service on like the dark web that people are paying essentially to like watch them die so it's trippy because now they realize that they can't actually get off the boat like people are dying and they don't care my question for you is if you we're on this boat. You woke up, right? And there's three other people that you figured out. I'm the captain of this ship. Would you, if they told you, you can compete for $5 million and you just have to pick one of the challenges. You don't know what the challenge is. You just pick it's, I think they said mind, water, air, body. Like you have to pick one of those. Water. Would you, uh, would you do it? Or would yeah, you be like, deuces, I'm leaving? Of course I would. Really? After four days of starvation and no water, you'd be like, yeah, I probably trust these people. Of course I would. Interesting. Yeah, because why would I not? Like to think about it, there's thousands of people on a ship plus the crew, and then all of a sudden all of them are not. That's an extraordinary amount of effort that would mm-hmm. go into it. Why would I believe it not to be true? I just think it's crazy because there's a lot of people that have to be involved yeah. in that for that to for me to wake up and there are only be four people on the ship. I would blindly, faithfully participate in a five million dollar contest yeah but then once you realize like, thank god <laughs> once you realize that it wasn't like legit and it was like being broadcast, how would i know you would well there's i'm not going to ruin the book but there's a lot of like signs that is it's it's not all what they seem well i'm sure at some just, point in time i would be like questioning it but at the beginning i'd be like thank the lord i'm not gonna die here really because i don't know if i would be like with three other people i have to compete everything's gone i haven't eaten in two three days 
I would be like, I want to see my kids. And I'm also trusting this random person to tell me that like, for me, I'm like, why would, like, how would they get you and the kids out of the room without waking me up? And like, what would you do? You'd be like, the fuck I'm leaving her? Like, no way. Well, that's, that's if, what I, cause I've not done the book yet. If you and the kids weren't there, I would assume that you and the kids were, were part well, of it. Were, were well aware of it. I know, but I not only that, so. I'd look but at it. But you would and believe say, that I'd be like, yeah, leave him, leave him. He'll figure it out. Cause I wouldn't, yes. I would never do that. Well, okay, fine. But this is a book. Um, <laughs> it's not real life. I know, but I just think that you would, you, you should know me. a hypothetical me. question. And the hypothetical answer is there's only four people on this ship. And I have a one in four chance of winning $5 million. I'd look at my com- competition. And I'd be like, I choose water. Yeah. That's a, it's a bad one. Is it? Yeah. I just like swimming. Yeah. She almost dies. Oh, she chose water too. Yeah. Oh, she's my people. Yeah. 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 She almost dies. It's really scary. <laughs> Well, Herb Dean, thank you for writing this It's not this book. Herb Dean. It's Will Dean. Yeah. It's not Herb Dean. Herb I never Dean said is a Herb referee Dean. in the UFC. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, uh, the book is wild. I didn't like, I'm not going to reveal everything, but it's a, it's a trip because it, it really starts to talk about the, like the dark web and the pull of people consuming content that is like reality. And cause they're like, we didn't consent to this. But the person's like, well, you did like when you signed your waiver or whatever in small print, it says like by signing this, you agree to uh, any of the actions or challenges. I don't think they use the word challenge um, that the crew deems fit for entertainment. You obviously don't read the entire contract, but it was just a very interesting concept because I don't read half of the shit that I signed for work. Like, I'm just like, yeah, it's probably true. And then on top of that, it really dives into how toxic like social media and like consuming people's lives and content is because they really talk about the deep dark web. Like that's like the movie hostel. Well, that's it. Cause they're like, this is literally a ploy to try to mainstream like the dark, like more in acceptance. Like you would really dive into this because it's true. They're trying to say like, like let's not make the dark web as like unaccessible. Yeah. Like we can make it like the, like the, like the, uh, Hard to see web. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the dim lit. Yeah. The web. dim lit web. It's no yeah. longer the dark. It's like web. the keg. Mm-hmm. Steakhouse oh my and God. Bar. You can't see what you're eating in that restaurant. It's it so dark. So good. Yeah. Anyways, it's a very interesting book. So if you're in, if you're in the need for a thriller, Herb Dean, Herb Dean, <laughs> Will Dean. Fighter ready. Fighter ready. Anyways, oh, I, don't, I don't think we even have time for any of my questions. Oh, I had so many other ones. Got a question for you better answer now. This was such a random Speaking episode. of which, that was Backstreet Boys. Yeah. InSync's coming back. You hear yeah. that? No. Like yeah, as NSYNC, a full band? They're coming back for a all tour. All of them? Not only that, but here. Five I feel, of them? I feel bad. All five of them, including JT. Well, it's including, usually not uh, JT. Usually JT's like, nah. JT's in. Nah, I'm they're done. They're doing a full comeback. And guess who else is doing a full comeback? Who? 98 Degrees. You know, I, um, Nick Lachey and his brother Lachey. What? S club seven club. Are they coming back? I watched that show religiously. That show was so good. Yeah, it was. Um, but, it, but Nick Lachey, people don't like him anymore. Well, because people are now starting to watch the episodes of him and Jessica oh, and, they're, and they're recognizing that he was very toxic in the, in those Absolutely. situations. And then back when social Almost media portrayed her, they were like, of course she dummy. was, she was an idiot. Yeah. And so people looked at her like Jessica Simpson is so stupid. And now social media is like a little bit more woke when people are watching and consuming these 
episodes of reality TV back when reality TV was so different. It's wild to see some of them. Like no. I saw a whole bunch of them on TikTok. I'm I like, say, what an asshole. I will say, I don't know Nick Lachey and I'm sure he's not an asshole. I, the problem with the, maybe he is, maybe, maybe, maybe he Who is. Knows? The problem with, the, with the reality TV shows is you're being filmed 24 seven, 24 seven. And you're getting one episode so per true. week. That is a 30 minute clip of the entire seven days, 24 hours. It might, it's and longer than it's that. However they wanted to portray you. For sure. You look at like the bachelor bachelorette and there's a new one here. It's coming out. And we talked about this with Caitlin Bristow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a narrative that they think the TV audience is going to like, and they drive that narrative home. Issues that aren't really issues become massive issues absolutely, because they want you to like and or not like somebody. No TV show could exist for more than one season where everybody is in a reality TV where there's no drama. Well, can you have you You remember the or the Jonas Brother ones? No, really. Remember when they tried to force? Yeah, yeah. The trauma? issues where it was just like it's like, not. Oh my happening. god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Your dad! Your dad! Your dad He's is mowing, mowing the, lawn. the lawn without a t-shirt on. This is so embarrassing. And like that was the drama of the episode. I'm like, this is why this season. This is why this show's not going to last. But you know, and what I like the Jonas Brothers. I think they're great. What is being ripped apart right now, too, and rightly so, is America's Next Top Model. Like how insanely toxic Tyra Banks was? was. Oh god! Holy fuck! And I remember watching this show religiously. In my dorm room in university, like we would all get together and watch in like the hub and all of the girls would watch. And and we were looking at these girls like, oh, my God, like she's not going to make it. Why doesn't she just accept the challenge where they were like, you need to cut your hair. We're going to shave your head. You need to lose this much weight. You look like and then she's rating them at the end with their photo and she's just ripping them apart. Confidence. Because that's what the industry was it like. It was. And if anybody is. put any like. If they talk back or whatever, they they would be like, well, you're going home. There's actually a girl who is on TikTok and and was painted like difficult or being like that one on the show that was a little bit like rebellious towards Tyra. And I remember being like everyone hated her. She has fully come out now and has shared so much behind the scenes because her I think it's a seven year contract or whatever. You're not allowed to speak about whatever was on the show. So she's like full blown, like said everything longer than seven years. But, but one of them was um, because she was going through something in her family, like something deeply personal. And Tyra had brought her out on her show to talk um, like about her experience and her management specifically was like, you cannot ask about whatever it was. I think her father had died or it was like a drug problem. I honestly don't remember. And the first thing Tyra says, and she was like, she knew that she, she pulled that pain for me specifically for TV. And it was so gross. Yeah. I'm you like, know one of my favorite oh, thing about God. that TV show, cause I used to watch that show with my sister, Michelle all the time. What we used to do is if do you remember when the intro was coming up, you saw all the models walk. And at the very end, you saw all the models displayed at the same time. Yeah. And the ones that got kicked off vanished. Right. And they was, disappeared. They disappeared. My sister and I used to play a game where we'd be like, She's gone. She's gone. She's still there. She's gone. She's gone. Trying oh, to remember who was gone. Who was gone. Who like where they would disappear. Anyways, <laughs> that's a really fun game. That was a well. Uh, one time, my sister and I played a game. It was called uh, <laughs> "I Want Those Barbie Shoes Right Now," and we tried. <laughs> what? Yeah, this is a true story. And we, so we tried to inhale, like, <gasps> and then you have to say, "I want those Barbie shoes right now," while inhaling and see if you could run out of breath before you'd said it. 
Okay, show now, me an example. It's easy because I'm an adult and I have larger lungs, but okay. as a kid, it was really hard. Wait, I, was so like, I don't get I it. Want right now. Like I that. I want the barbie used right now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. That w- you made it look easy. Yeah. But I was. Uh, but you but you weren't eight. So well, you're 39 and it looked like you struggled. <laughs> well, my voice cracked and then I tried Try to just try it again. Try it again. Go. I want the barbie used right now. <laughs> See. It's not as easy as you think. Anyways. It's pretty easy. Okay, well, ask your eight-year-old to do it. It's I hard. Will. This has it's been hard. A, such Anyways, a random episode. I, I hope you, you guys Michelle. have a wonderful rest of your week. Yeah. What do we even talk about on I this I honestly episode? don't know. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley, and I'm Jennifer Chaikin, and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist, but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.